I'm here with Gloria Ann Begay of the Dene Food Sovereignty Alliance. In 2014, the junk food tax was enacted as legislation for the Navajo Nation. And then um, in December of 2020, the bill was due to expire, and Councilwoman Crotty pushed forward the legislation to be renewed. And that has now been renewed. That's, that's going to continue. How long will the current legislation be in effect? The current legislation is formally called the Healthy Diné Nation Act, and it um, is reauthorized as an indefinite tax. So it will continue on and on until either the council and um, the president resends it. You have some webinars, a webinar that's ongoing in effect now to train people or help people learn more about what this legislation entails. Do you want to talk about that a bit? Yes, um, and thank you, Rachel, for allowing me to be on the program today. I wanted to let the viewers or the um, listeners know that we're going to conduct a series of webinars uh, with the goal of uh, teaching about the Health Dene Nation Act, or more popular known as the Navajo Junk Food Tax. And we want to especially encourage this Navajo citizens to learn about the legislation and also to know that the tax revenues will be used for community wellness projects. And this has ha- been happening for the last Uh, several years since 2015, the tax has been distributed to all the 110 chapters. So uh, this particular webinar is inviting Navajo Council delegates, um, chapter officials, and Navajo citizens to learn about uh, the junk food tax and uh, community wellness projects. And if if someone wants to take part in these sessions, how do they do that? They can either email me um, their contact information or they can call me. And so um, my email address, which is the more simpler one, is stargazer.begay at gmail.com. And the... Um, Phone number is 505-923-0378. So these webinars, do they take place on a regular schedule or do you schedule them each week? We're going to be scheduling them each week. And we are writing to the Naval Council delegates to invite them to host a webinar, and of course, all the webinars will be online, and unless the um, council delegate or uh, chapter official would like us to come out to their location, we can do that also. We have a team of um, presenters, and also we have um, video recorded some of the presentations because you know some of them are working and. 
they're very busy with their schedules, like um, President Nez and um, Mr. Martin Ashley with the Tax Commission Office. And we have others, but um, I can explain maybe uh, what we have planned for the agenda. And again, if anyone wants to attend a webinar coming up, they can find out more by emailing you at stargazer.begay at gmail.com? Yes. All right. We'll have um, this information. We've had it in the newspaper, the Navajo Times, last week, in last week's edition. And then we'll post them again um, probably weekly as just a community service announcement. We'll also uh, want to have um, PSAs done uh, with various radio stations on and near um, the Navajo Reservation. Gloria, how do you foresee the tax money from this legislation uh, being used in the future as we go along? Yes. Um, So far, we've had more than 1,300 community wellness projects um, for the past few years. And uh, the um, revenues has um, been successfully um, allocated to the various chapters. And we do have a listing of the uh, various um, community advocacy um, projects. Um, Know that uh, between 2015 to 2019, um, the revenue gathered was $7.58 million. So it's about $1.8 million per year. And the funds um, are distributed on an annual basis. And um, the tribe has a system called WIN. And the WIN um, is a financial system where they gauge um, the distribution amounts to all the chapters using what they call a 50-50 formula. And so um, 50% of the funds goes equally to all the chapters. And then the other 50% is based on Navajo voter registration numbers. So some of the larger chapters will get more funds than the smaller ones. And so this drives the type of community wellness projects that the community folks can plan to design and implement in their local communities. Might these be things like education on uh, healthier ways to eat, sustainable agriculture, uh, some of the things that the Navajo Nation Special Diabetes Program uh, has done in the past? Uh, Yes, there um, are a number of um, allowable projects. And this is um, these this list can be found in the Healthy DNA Nation Act. And it's a whole um, long paragraph, a listing. And some of the more popular um, wellness projects has been like, like you said, education. It'll be maybe in health, education, nutrition. Um, It can be also in other areas of even culture, um, like Navajo language, or um, it could be even um, uh, weaving, 
um, any of the cultural training items. But of course, the goal of the legislation is to overcome some of the health challenges on Navajo Nation. And um, the highest um, issues of health areas have been in um, type 2 diabetes, cancer, um, heart attacks, and now uh, COVID-19. And so that's the goal to try to get the Navajo citizens, um, you know, really well. And we define it as being well of mind, body, spirits, and emotions. So there can be a lot of different education. It can also include uh, food demonstrations, uh, both traditional foods and also contemporary foods. And we want them, of course, to be healthy and nutritious. And when we talk about um, a taxation on junk food, uh, we're trying to discourage our Navajo citizens to stay away from uh, foods that are high in um, sugar, fat, salt, um, and those kinds of um, ingredients that, you know, really does not help to have a healthy body. And we also encourage uh, movement and exercise. And um, so that brings the other um, category of project funds could be with um, doing walking trails, uh, biking trails, and some that maybe have large funds can even maybe buy equipment, exercise equipment. However, I want to caution folks when um, people start buying and using these exercise equipment, there needs to be a certified uh, trainer in the facility because um, that's um, a state um, law. And also Navajo Nation has folks that go around and check some of these wellness centers to make sure that there's certified staff um, on the premises so that people are um, taking care of the equipment and um, maybe not overexerting themselves. So um, there's a caution with getting equipment. Gloria, do you know of any um, statistics or studies on the um, any changes in the sales of junk food across the Navajo Nation in the last uh, five years, for example? Uh, yes. Um, actually, like I was quoted in one of the uh, news articles, I was happy to see that there is a little bit of a decline every year in the gathering of the junk food tax revenues because that shows that folks are um, not buying so much junk food. And that's the other goal of the project is that we want people to make um, better um, decisions when they're out um, purchasing food or, you know, they're out in maybe um, the restaurants to try to eat healthy foods. So um, I do have a breakdown and we will share this with um, the various chapters and the council delegates. And we've already um, provided the Navajo council delegates during our meetings with them to reauthorize um, the legislation and we gave them the figures of um, the yearly expenditures of the junk food tax. And then um, also 
everyone should know it's the Navajo Nation Division of Community Development that is um, helping to um, plan and implement those community wellness projects. So they have, you know, all the data um, on terms of the funds that go out to the chapters and the types of projects being um, planned and implemented by the chapter community people. And Gloria, in your webinars, is one of the goals to help individuals and chapters better plan how to use the the junk tax funds in their local communities? Yes. And so what we've done is we've researched um, some forms. And um, also we've developed some brochures and reports outlining the process for community uh, members to make their wellness projects. So there's um, several steps that they need to do. They're not very complicated. We do, they have to uh, present a resolution to their um, chapter members by uh, requesting to be on the agenda at the chapter planning meeting. And that usually happens near the first of the month. And then after they get approval to um, get on the regular chapter agenda, they can present their um, project uh, description and a budget. And we do have some forms that we wanna share with um, the Navajo citizens. And we'll have those forms online and also the process so that, um, you know, people get a better understanding of how to um, apply for some of these funds at the local level. And we want to emphasize also that um, at our first intention of these community projects was to have it community based and community owned by the members of the community. So in legislation, they are the ones to um, develop and design their projects. They are to, um, if they get funded, they are to implement their project, monitor that it's happening correctly, document how the money is being used, and then report back, you know, um, the outcomes of the project to the chapter officials. And then that way, you know, we're, we're really wanting to um, make the projects more sustainable by having community folks really become committed to their projects. And so it's also a kind of like a volunteer basis type of projects. Because there's not a whole lot of funds, there are uh, no salaries to be made by individuals. And I know the chapter officials are always concerned that the chapter people are the ones, you know, kind of like monitoring these projects or dealing with their budgets. But this is where uh, the community members that design their projects need to really take the lead and ownership of their projects. And so uh, we're really excited to see a lot of different projects. I wanted to maybe finish and let you know that we have other kinds of projects that are going on. Uh, we can do um, uh, environmental types of projects where it could be even waste management, you know, picking up trash. It could be uh, quality water. 
anything to make the the people and their communities much more healthier. Um, We also have emergency preparedness. For instance, with like COVID-19, folks can, you know, purchase like masks and get training, more training on how to um, deal with COVID-19. What are the types of things they can do to prevent, you know, maybe the spread of COVID, maybe in their communities or their homes. And of course, there's lots of resources in that area. And President Nez is, of course, very concerned still, Uh, even though the numbers are dropping, we still want to make folks know that they need to keep their body and their minds healthy and, you know, deal with the health issues out here on Navajo. I have certainly heard that if people are eating healthier, that it even if you do get the COVID virus, a regular habit of exercise, eating healthy, etc., can reduce the severity of the illness. Yes, and, you know, because, of course, the intent of the legislation was to... Um, overcome some of these health issues. I just seen a study the other day that folks that have a overweight problem that are obese are really susceptible to um, COVID-19. And obesity rates, of course, across the country and on Navajo is very large. And so we need to tackle the issues of eating better, um, maybe losing some weight and building our immune system to fight, um, you know, COVID and all these other illnesses. So again, uh, the webinars that are planned uh, every week or so? Uh, Yes, yes. In fact, we'll probably do maybe even two a week. And we're, we're writing to the delegates and asking them what would be the best time because we know some folks are going back to work. Maybe we might have webinars in the evenings or it might be on weekends, and of course, um, during the day, and they will be two-hour blocks. We will have, you know, hand, hands-on activities, and in fact, within the webinar, we'd like to take about 20 minutes and go through the forms to do community wellness projects and fill out, you know, the three forms, and we will even have a resolution template that the citizens can use to submit as their first step to the chapter officials about their desire to have the projects funded. And again, if anyone would like to participate or attend these online webinars. Uh, yes, anyone you, can participate. You can you can email uh, Gloria at stargazer.begay at gmail.com or call 505 505- Nine two three zero three seven eight. I want to make a, another mention about the um, the revenue, and um, folks need to know that they can use the revenues to even leverage um, other funds if they want. Um, they can use it even for matching funds, so that they can build um, you know larger um, budgets for their projects. And so, you know, we just want to caution people also that to be realistic when they are developing their projects, that it's going to be doable and that the the, uh, community members will, you know, um, operate it and 
monitor it and do the reports um, for their projects. So there's many different ways, even chapters, if um, small chapters want to cluster and work together in a partnership agreement, um, that's well. And also, you know, there are a lot of different resources out in Navajo Nation. And I know some people are even um, paying trainers to come in and maybe do um, items like maybe dealing with diabetes, for instance. They can always call Navajo Special Diabetes Program or the Navajo Area Health Promotion Office and get free training. Um, And they can make those requests. They can call the numbers. What we will do um, on our, we're presenting a PowerPoint and the last page will have a listing of resources that community members can access so that they can um, use existing resources and then, you know, add on other costs, you know, with the um, community wellness project funds. Very good. Um, Gloria, as we begin to wrap up on this discussion, is there anything else that you'd like people to know other than um, your email address? If people would like to attend a webinar, is stargazer.begay at gmail.com, or they can call 505-923-0378. Well, I just want folks to know that we are very excited to see um, more community wellness projects that are made by the community members. Some of the chapters have been um, designing some of those projects, but that's not in the legislation. It's the community members that need to uh, form their own little health group or working group and then decide on a project that they want to work together on. And these funds come annually once a year. So I believe the chapters have just received notices of the new funds that have come in from last year's tax revenues. And so there there are kind of like fresh new funds available. And also, I'd just like to let folks know that, you know, a lot of the funds are realistically um, going to be small amounts, maybe a few thousand for each chapter. And so what we want to do is just like I said, have folks make and design um, kind of realistic, really good projects that they feel are needed in the communities. And so we're just excited to see, you know, all the different projects. KGLP will uh, post the flyer about the webinar up on our website at kglp.org and or our Facebook page. One last closing comment. I want to thank the American Heart Association and their program called Voices for Healthy Kids who funded um, our training project. And so we're happy that they have joined us with this effort. We are going to be doing also some national presentations with their folks to encourage other cities in America to go ahead and develop Um, junk food taxes and really help people be healthier and happier. All right. Thank you. I've been speaking with Gloria Ann Begay of DFSA, the Diné Food Sovereignty Alliance, about the junk food tax and upcoming webinars. Thank you very much, Gloria. Thank you for having me.